the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're on them. Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. We got a great show. It's showtime, baby. Oh, my goodness. We got a lot of news this week. Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. I guess you all have heard that. She was the ultra-liberal Supreme Court justice and nice Jewish girl from New York City who uh, became a lawyer and a jurist. Uh, I think she graduated from Columbia, and she uh, actually was good friends with one of the more conservative justices, even though they disagreed on almost everything. Very independent lady. I think her mother died when she was a youngster, and her... uh, her sister, I believe she had a sister who died as well. I think she survived by two children and some grandchildren. Uh, but now we're in the position of having to decide uh, on another justice. Hopefully this will be done before the election uh, so that we will have a, a strongly, solidly conservative court. And uh, we've got some older liberal justices who are also approaching uh, death or retirement. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Of course, the Democrats are going to do everything they can to stop this and to stop the president and the Senate from uh, appointing and uh, approving of another justice to fill Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat. Now, the the Democrats are talking about packing the court, and by that they mean raising the number of justices on the Supreme Court from 9 to 12. The Constitution does not... uh, Uh, give us a hard number of justices that are to be on the Supreme Court. That has been left up to Congress of the House and the Senate. Of course, they won't be able to get it through the Senate, so it's not going to happen before the election if it does happen afterwards. And Joe Biden's even said that he's opposed to that because if the Republicans or another party gets back in at another time, they may very well turn around and do the same thing and pack the court up from 12 to 16 so that they can appoint a majority of their uh, of the justices so they have control of the court, so to speak. People say that the court should not be political, but come on, they're human beings and uh, they have their views and they're conservative and, polit- and liberal and in between. And uh, this is just human nature. And we hope that they will interpret the Constitution uh, in a fairly strict manner, but that doesn't always happen, does it? Nope. No, it doesn't. Not even with gun control. You know, the court has been much more liberal on uh, gun control on the Second Amendment in the past 50 to 60 to 70 years than it was in the 19th century, uh, where it was a very strict interpretation that you had to be part of a state militia in order to own uh, a certain kind of a gun or rifle or whatever. Well, that's not true now. We're allowed to own for personal protection, uh, rifles, pistols, whatever. You can even get an automatic weapon if you apply for uh, a special license. I think it costs about 800 or 1,000 bucks, but uh, you can do that. 
And I have a friend who has not only an automatic weapon, a machine gun, but he's also got a silencer that he applied uh, for a permit and got. Why do you need a silencer? <laughs> I guess in case uh, the neighbor gets out of out of hand, he can shoot him so he doesn't wake up anybody in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. And I said, Kevin, what do you? Why do you have this? And he said, Well, I, you know, I just wanted to have it. And I, we went shooting one time, and it's pretty cool. I mean, you you can hardly hear it. And he's got a big old seven point seven six. Uh, assault rifle and uh, interesting guy. He's an ex-Marine, graduated from the Naval Academy, and then instead of going the Navy route, he went the Marine route. And he was going to make a career out of it, but there were no wars, so he couldn't advance. <laughs> you get, you, you know, in the military, you got to have a war so you can get some uh, experience. You know, it's like being a surgeon; you got to get your hands uh, in the blood a little bit, or they not they're not going to advance you. So he got out. Got a master's in business, and now he's a businessman. Interesting guy. A lot of fun. At any rate, so Ruth Bader died, and we have had nine justices since the 1860s. Will the Democrats pack the court? Well, they tried that back during FDR, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's uh, term, and uh, he tried to pack the court when he had a solid majority in the House and the Senate. And, of course, once he lost either the House or the Senate, they reversed that. So it went back to nine. So for, what, 150 years now, six from 12 to six, something like that, about 150 years we've had nine justices, and that's become the norm. I don't think that's going to change, although the Democrats will be yelling and screaming and jumping up and down. And I do hope that the president moves swiftly, and uh, there are some good people that he can call upon, and there is one conservative woman uh, who is really a, a fine candidate. She's a good Catholic girl. So we've got both the Jewish and Catholic sides of the family fighting for this position. We'll, we'll see who wins. I, I can only hope that Trump is victorious in November and that he is victorious before November and getting another justice on the court. What do you think, Ken? You think we're going to do it? Uh, I, I, absolutely. I think you'll absolutely have it on, at least by January 20th, by Inauguration Day, regardless of what happens with the election. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that whether the, uh, uh, of course, we we got to get, we got to do something with Mitt Romney. Somebody needs to get that guy and, and put a chokehold on him while we're doing this. Well, let's put him on a court. He's, He's on uh, the, 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 he was on the list uh, that um, the president sent to the Senate a couple of weeks ago, wasn't he? You got me. I mean, what they should do is say, Mitt, if you want to be on the Supreme Court on the list, you have to resign your post in the Senate. But I don't think he'll do that. <laughs> Probably not. The numbers are too tight for him to do that. So some of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's famous sayings, quote, my mother told me to be a lady. And for her, that meant be your own person, be independent. That's that's a great philosophy. I mean, that's all American, right? And she also said, I said on the equality side of it that it is essential to a woman's equality with man that she be the decision maker, that her choice be controlling. What? <laughs> I guess that means we're out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what else is now? <laughs> and she also said, women will only have true equality when men share with them the responsibility of bringing up the next generation. Um, let's see. 
what is it that we do? Do we work? Do we uh, fix things? Do we take kids to sporting events? Do we root and cheer? Are we doing those things? Hey, I, I, I changed a lot of diapers when my kids were young, so. Yeah, I mean, I changed diapers and burnt babies. I was the uh, I was the milk bitch when Zeke was in the intensive care unit. Did I tell you that story? No, never. <laughs> His mother, she said, oh, I'm going to take six weeks off and nurse him. Well, three days later, she's back in court. She was a lawyer. And so she's expressing milk. And Zeke was, uh, he was critically ill when he was born, poor kid. And he was in the intensive care unit, the neonatal intensive care unit for 10 days. And of course, you can't go in there and nurse. So she would pump breast milk and and we'd freeze it. And then I'd take it over to the hospital and make sure the little rascal had something to eat. And he had feeding tube down in his stomach and IVs. And, you know, I I was so impressed with the uh, deliberateness uh, of a neonate. He pulled out. Ken, he pulled out every freaking line that we put in him. In fact, we were holding him down, uh, two nurses and me, and one nurse was putting in uh, an IV into his left hand, and she just barely got that in and turned around to grab some tape to tape it down, and we didn't have his right hand down. And the little son of a gun reached over and snatched that thing out. I mean, just as quick as anybody I've ever seen move. He looked like a he looked like a quarterback throwing a football. He got that thing out so fast. <laughs> How old was he at that point? He was about eight days old. Eight days old. Wow. He he pulled out his NG tubes. He pulled out all of his IV lines. He pulled off anything that we put on him. We put a hat on him. You know how they put the little beanie hats on the kids? Sure. Yeah. Pulled them off. Pulled them all off. Did not want anything on his body. Newborn. Unbelievable. Independence drink even back then, huh? Very, very much so. And so, at any rate, Ruth Bader Ginsburg says that, uh, you know, the implication is that dads are not involved in raising their kids. What planet is this woman from? Or was she from? Or where is she going to? And then she says the state controlling a woman would mean denying her full authority and, and autonomy and equality. Wait a minute. Aren't we herd animals? Doesn't the state control us in certain ways, certain ways they don't control us? I mean, aren't we supposed to stop at red lights? Isn't that a form of control no, you're supposed that we all to. agree to? You're supposed uh, to. I, I mean, are, are, don't we agree that there are some controls that we render to the state for the safety and health and welfare of us all? Yeah, absolutely. Have to. Otherwise, you got anarchy. Uh, and then we wonder why we have anarchy in the streets now because of brilliant jurists like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I'm sure she was uh, a, an intellect, and, and a lot of women really admire her and look up to her because of the stance that she took over the decades. And, and the, that's fine. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. We all need, uh, we all need role models. We all need idols. We all need somebody to look up to and appreciate for what they've done for us and for, uh, for our community, our gender or whatever, our race. But we also have to remember that we are herd animals and that we do have an impact on one another and that these decisions, uh, should be joy, and especially when it comes to raising children. I mean, the whole idea that women are in charge, but men are supposed to be equal in taking care of the kids. Uh, wait a minute. I thought that we were 
equal in making decisions about how to take care of them, not just taking care of them. Of course, my wife would probably disagree, I think. I was going to say, you, you're not living in my house. So. No. <laughs> no I, <you> <laughs> I think that you, maybe we got this wrong, Ken. I get maybe a lot of, you know, we're going to do this, okay? Okay. Maybe, we, maybe I should throw in the towel and just give up and uh, put the, uh, you know, put the slave chain around my neck and give the rope to her. That's what I did. I did it. that a long time ago on a happy man. Yeah, I give up and, and it gets better. Mm -hmm. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court, oh my gosh, that's a lot. A lot going on right before the election. And I think that we will be victorious. I think the president is going to quickly move to uh, send an appointment up to the Senate. And uh, hopefully Mitt Romney will be able to wrestle down some of those rhinos and get them under control. It's going to be tough. Because what we got, who Lisa Murkowski and Shia Rhino, I think. That I'm not sure about. Isn't she the uh, Republican senator from New England? That, uh, or is she from Arizona? I don't know. She's from one of the states that, that's a little on the, on the, on the fence, at any rate. she up for re-election? We'll Pardon? Is she up for re-election? I, I think she is. Yeah. I can't remember. But you, when Joe's done getting my other stuff, he can check on that and chime in. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little medicine. I had one of my patients come in the other day, and um, he was worried. Uh, he wanted to get a PET scan because I'd talked about a PET scan that I had because I had a melanoma, malignant melanoma, skin cancer on my shoulder taken off. And uh, he said, well, can I get a PET scan? I said, well, what for? He said, well, I had a basal cell skin cancer. I said, well, those don't, you know, they hardly ever metastasize one in a hundred million. So you don't need a PET scan for that. We just take it off. And their basal cells are pretty, uh, of all the skin cancers, of, of really of almost all the cancers, that's the slowest growing. And it rarely metastasizes. It rarely gets out of the barn. It rarely uh, goes anywhere uh, other than locally, it just gets big and ugly. And they're, they're kind of ugly looking things. And they are friable, so it's easy to break them off, and they bleed, and then they grow back. And I just scrape those off and burn the base. Of course, I send it in for pathology because we don't want to miss something more egregious. And you cannot always tell when you're looking at a skin cancer whether it's basal cell or squamous cell or a malignant melanoma. Those are the big three, uh, the basal cells being very common and the squamous cells being very common. Uh, now, the squamous cells are a little bit more uh, tricky because in five to 10 years, they can metastasize. And when they do can, there's just about nothing you can do. <clears throat> the problem is that they are slow growing cancers. And we like to attack the cancers with our chemotherapy and radiation when they're in the process of dividing, of, of splitting and making two more cells, baby cells. So if you have a very slow growing cancer, uh, it's harder to treat, at least up to this point, hopefully with the monoclonal antibodies and the other genetically engineered treatments that are coming out, we'll be able to uh, attack this. But I've seen two or three Canadians die from squamous cell skin cancer. I've never seen an American die. Well, no, I do, I'll take that back. I did have one lady, but she refused. She refused to let us take it off. She said she wanted to die. Well, what are you going to do? You mean you can't force people to have surgery if they don't want it. So she did die from that, and uh, that happens. So 
with the squamous cells, we like to get those off and uh, do a wide excision uh, around the uh, boat biopsy excision is what I call it. So I'll excise, I'll make a, like a, a boat uh, incision around the, uh, around the skin cancer and then down into the fat tissue underneath the skin. And then I'll dissect the whole piece of skin off with the cancer in it and make sure that we get all the margins. The margins need to be free. That means you don't want the skin cancer going to the margin because it will come back and then you'll have a squamous cell that may have an opportunity to metastasize. And boy, it's a, it's a, it's a tough death. I mean, you know, it's hard to see people who have metastatic squamous cell skin cancers. Sad, sad. Uh, and, you know, you would think that something that is that easy to treat early uh, would not kill people in this day and age. I don't know up in Canada. I guess they don't really see that much skin cancer because I think the sun only shines for about an hour a day. So they don't have much sunlight, so they don't have much UV exposure. Maybe when the planet warms up a little bit more, they'll start getting more skin cancers. We'll see. Now, then we go to the malignant melanoma, which is what I had on my shoulder. That's a bad boy. That's a bad boy. It's been tough to treat until recently. Now we've got some new drugs out and new treatments, and uh, we are able to save people. You might remember Jimmy Carter had uh, malignant melanoma that was metastatic, and he actually got the monoclonal antibody treatment and um, completely got rid of it, and he's still living, and that was several years ago that he had that. So these things are now treatable depending upon their genetics. There are subsets. Malignant melanomas are discolored moles or moles that change color. Uh, mine was a very flat, black, hard uh, plaque on my shoulder. And uh, I looked at it and thought, oh, I probably initially, I thought probably it was just a little blood blister or something that had come up because I'm so rough working out in the yard and doing construction and stuff. <clears throat> and it stayed for three or four weeks, and I'm touching and saying, this ain't no blood blister, baby. This ain't no uh, clot. This is, this is a skin cancer. So I had one of my buddies scrape it, and we sent it in. Sure enough, malignant melanoma. I had another one of my buddies do a wide excision, and uh, we got it all. And then the reason that I got the PET scan is because if the malignant melanomas metastasize, uh, they're usually pretty easy to pick up. Uh, with a PET scan. The PET scan is where you uh, use a real short-acting uh, radioactive isotope that is taken up by metabolically active, that is cells that are, are kind of hyper and, and really churning away, which is what cancer cells do. They tend to, to be more active than the cells around them so they can take over. And so you, you pick it up that way. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't have any metastases and that uh, that it was all gone. And so I've had two PET scans now. Uh, I had one during the summer, and I think I told you about that, Ken. Yes, you did. And we're, we're all very happy you're, you're healthy now, by the way. Well, we'll see. I haven't had uh, my morning beating from the wife yet. <laughs> If, if, if I survive that, medically I anyway, I'm, medically, we're medically, happy. well, yeah, I mean, no, no major medical problems, just trauma. So we'll get through <laughs> it. I've survived her so far. <laughs> I hear her downstairs rumbling around somewhere and getting her whip out. Looking for her silencer. Yes. Yeah. Looking for her silencer. <laughs> 
so at any rate, we do take these uh, we do take these lesions off in the office. Uh, they're pretty easy to do, and I like I like doing the minor surgery. It's fun. So if you're concerned, you can come on in and see me. 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Anybody have any questions about skin cancer, give us a call. We're at, what, 877-969-8600. Is that us? Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that is, uh, it's important to get it quickly, isn't it? You really should jump on that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and, you know, even if it's a basal cell, you, you can't tell for sure. I mean, because I've taken off lesions that look like, what I thought were basal cells, and they ended up being squamous cells. And I told you the story of one of my patients who came in, and she had seen her dermatologist who picked it a little, uh, a little, a little skin lesion on her neck. And I said, "What are you, what are you doing with that?" I said, "Let me see your arm." And she had a melanoma that the dermatologist missed. I said, "I don't like that at all." We took that puppy off. Sure enough, it was a melanoma. I thought it was. Uh, uh, squamous cell initially, but uh, you know, I wasn't sure. And when it came back from pathology, a malignant melanoma, you know, basically I saved her life by taking the dang thing off. So you never know. So the best is just to get the thing off, uh, go see your dermatologist or your plastic surgeon, or uh, come to somebody like me who enjoys doing this. And I do a real good plastic surgery job. Uh, people are impressed. Uh, I'm impressed that they're impressed. Does that, does that make sense? Sure, why not? Makes me feel good. Exactly, you should feel good. You're yeah. a lifesaver. Come on, there's nothing better. There isn't? Nope, not well, a thing. I thought being a billionaire was more fun. Well, I didn't say there was nothing more fun. <laughs> <laughs> nothing more respectable. How's that? Uh, there you go. The vast majority <laughs> of skin cancers are basal cell and then squamous cell. And it's rare for, and it's uncommon to... Not that uncommon in Florida for melanomas to appear, because I know several people that have had them. But then the even rarer one is the Bowen cell. <clears throat> and uh, I've seen maybe one or two in my whole career of those. <clears throat> and so we got a small number that are malignant melanomas, and these are the bad boys that will kill you. Uh, and so we'd like to get those off, too. So make sure you get those things taken care of. That's muy importante. What do you think? Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Right away. Don't mess around with it. Don't mess around. As soon as you see a change on your body, get in to see the doc. That's right. And bring lots of cash. <laughs> <laughs> Doctors say he's coming, but you got to pay him cash. So oh, anyway. the Eagles. A little Eagles reference there. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so we're, we're in the middle of the election season here, and... Uh, I was listening to and looking at uh, Joe Biden and things that he had to say, and um, hopefully, I don't know if Joe was able to cue up anything. Oh, yeah, we're ready for you anytime you are. Well, you know that one where, now this is a little bit, uh, uh, you're going to have to kind of pay close attention, follow along on this. This is Biden at the 2008 Democratic uh, National Convention and then the 2020 Democratic National Convention. And the guy that did this, he, he would play the 2008 then the 2020 to show how they were almost identical of what he was saying, just repeating the same speech over and over. And so, but he sped it up so that he could fit it all into a real short clip. And uh, Joe, can you play that puppy? Let's see what it sounds like. I think this is the one we got. Let's try this one here. We're queuing it up. Folks, so hang in there. 
Is that the one, Doc? With the music? No, that's the, that's the theme song coming in. All right, let's try this one then. Hang on, here, this is the one we're Hang looking. on, here we go. Hang on, I'm, I'm getting it here. Hang on. Had a different title on that one. Hang on, here, there we go. Let's try this one. Worked his way up. He is the great American story. Senator Kamala Harris, she's a powerful voice for this nation. Her story is the American story. That work is more than a paycheck. It's dignity. A job is about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's respect. It's about whether or not you can look your child in the eye and say, we're going to be all right. It's about respect. It's about your place in the community. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay and mean it. My dad, my dad who fell on hard times. You know, my dad was an honorable, decent man. He got knocked down a few times pretty hard. Always told me, though, champ, when you get knocked down, get up, get up. But he always got back up. He worked hard. And he built a great middle-class life for our family. And why he'll make college more affordable. That's the change we need. And where cost doesn't prevent young people from going to college and student debt doesn't crush them when they get out. Barack Obama, Barack Obama will transform the economy by making alternative energy a national priority. An opportunity for America to lead the world in clean energy and create millions of new good-paying jobs in the process. And in the process, creating 5 million new jobs. With 5 million new manufacturing and technology jobs. Put security back in Social Security. If I'm your president, we're going to protect Social Security and Medicare. And he'll never, ever, ever give up until we achieve equal pay for women. With equal pay for women. Barack Obama. Barack Obama will bring down health care costs by $2,500 for the average family. With a health care system that lowers premiums, deductibles, drug prices. Barack Obama will reform our tax code. He will cut taxes for 95% of the American people who draw a paycheck. That's the change we need. Because we don't need a tax code that rewards wealth more than it rewards work. Folks, remember when the world used to trust us. When they looked to us for leadership. I'll be a president who will stand with our allies and friends and make it clear to our adversaries. The days of cozying up to dictators is over. We will hold Russia accountable for its actions. Under President Biden, America will not turn a blind eye to Russian bounties on the heads of American soldiers. The American people are ready. I am ready. Barack is ready. So the question for us is simple. Are we ready? I believe we are. And this is the time as Americans together. We get back up. Back up together. Let us begin. You and I together. This is our time. This is America's time. This is our moment to make hope and history. All right. Can you believe that? Well, speechwriters are expensive, so you just keep using. (laughs) 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 Reuse the material. You know, they think you you don't remember, so. Well, you, the other thing, Ken, is you got to remember that with uh, the early onset dementia, or with the onset of dementia early in the disease process, what you remember are things from 20, 30 years ago, uh, and in your current short-term memory is gone. So I'm sure that they are pulling up all of his old material and having him go over it again and again and again. So you know, this is just another sign of his dementia, and. It's it's funny to sit around the lunch table with all the other doctors and even the, the liberal doctors, even the de- left wing uh, doctors. Everybody's saying the same thing. He's demented. He is demented, and uh, it it's frightening that this is the best that the Democrats can come up with, and it's frightening that he actually has a shot at to get in the White House. I don't think he will, but uh, we'll see what happens. Hmm. What do you think? You think he's going to win? I don't think he's going to win. I think it's going to be as tight as last time, to tell you the truth. You think it'll be that tight? Yeah, I really you do. Think we'll, you think we'll end up in uh, in the uh, in the courts over this? I, Probably. I think the we may end up. In, we may end up in the uh, house over this. This uh, is an interesting yeah. scenario. So. Well, if it is in the house, then the Democrats will get it because. No, actually, it'll go the other way. You think it would? That's what they were saying. Yeah, that's what they were saying. I was reading an article saying it would go the other way if it had to go to the House because of uh, how many delegates everybody has in their specific states or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. very good. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, we'll check that out. That. That's an interesting scenario. It ha- it's happened once, I think, in like 1810 or something like that. 
Well, I know there was a big to-do when Hayes and Tilden were running in the 1870s, and I think Tilden won the popular vote. And Hayes, it was, uh, you know, it was a cliffhanger with the uh, with the electoral vote. And I think Tilden finally conceded to Hayes, but the deal was that Hayes would end radical reconstruction in the South. Tilden was a Southern Democrat, and I guess Hayes was a Northern Democrat or a Republican. I forget which one, but. <clears throat> The great civil war to free the slaves and decide whether the northern or the southern Democrats would rule the roost. And they're still fighting. I love it. <laughs> well, I hope it does I, happen because it would make a great lesson in Constitution for America to see that ha- unfold on television. It would. Yeah. Constitutional questions. Well, listen, I'm going to uh, give you a break and let you go to the potty. And I'm going <laughs> to grab a cup of Joe. And I'll be right back. I'm Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Dun, dun, dun. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Supporters of President Trump chanted, fill that seat during his first rally since the nation learned of the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Appearing last night in Fayetteville, North Carolina, Mr. Trump promised to fill the seat with a woman and to make her name public this coming week. Forecasters watching Tropical Storm Beta. It's making a slow crawl onto the shores of Texas and Louisiana, casting worries about heavy rain, flooding, and storm surge all across the Gulf Coast. The system is moving north, but very slowly, just three miles per hour, expected to make official landfall sometime tomorrow. Coastal communities have begun preparing. And military jets flew over central London, and a memorial service was held today at Westminster Abbey to mark the 80th anniversary of the Battle of Britain, a key part of World War II. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 7 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. 
Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727 727- Five four five nine six seven four. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. The changes in my husband has been phenomenal. He was resisting me. Oh, another, you know, another scam of yours. I said, this is not a scam. I said, look at what I can do. Look at the energy. I was battling with him for over a year. But then he saw the readings on his blood work. They really changed to the positive. They were very, very negative, and he was having a lot of trouble. He was in and out of the hospital and all that kind of stuff. Now he's kind of like Tarzan. No, not really. (laughs) But they really have escalated to a point where the doctor keeps smiling all the time. What are you doing? What are you doing? He said, I just listened to my wife again, and I'm doing Balance of Nature. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code RESULTS. Take AM860, The Answer, with you wherever you go with our mobile app, theanswertampa.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. On the next Hugh Hewitt show, Anderson Cooper asked Joe Biden, and Joe Biden responded this way. Oh, I don't think it's too much. It's not too much. It's trillions and trillions of dollars of money we don't have. Joe Biden signs on to the Green New Deal, and the Democrats are sinking like a rock. More of it on the next Hugh Hewitt show. Weekday mornings at 6 on AM 860. The answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Variable cloudiness for today with some spotty showers. Breezy in the afternoon with a high 89. Partly cloudy tonight with a low 73. Tomorrow, breezy in the morning. Otherwise, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a high of 87. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. Dun, dun, dun. Showtime. Time to shine. Showtime. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill. Summertime, so fine. It is showtime, baby. And we're back on. Last, so, week uh, is, last week of summer, I think fall actually starts, or autumn technically. It actually starts uh, this week, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah, the 21st, isn't yeah. it? So maybe Today's tomorrow. the 20th, yeah. so tomorrow is the first day of fall. Uh, here we go. All right. And the the unofficial end of summer, of course, is Labor Day, but the official end, the or at least the uh, scientific end, is the 21st of September, in the Northern Hemisphere. So it's spring down in the Southern Hemisphere, right? Exactly. Right. Now we switch back and forth, exactly. The sun, once it crosses, uh, what, the equator? No, that's summer. Yeah, the yeah. equator, yeah. The, uh, the, the Earth tilts back and forth, and so then we get more sun, more direct sun on the Southern Hemisphere. So we've got uh, we've got a peace deal going on in the Middle East like we've never seen before, and of course the Democrats are poo-pooing it. And uh, John Kerry even said that uh, there'll never be peace in the Middle East. And I don't know. I think I got that quote. Did you get that up, Joe? Yeah, so we're ready. Quite... Yeah, we're ready for that. If you want it, Doc, you ready? Yeah, let's listen. Let's hear what that sounds like. Right. I'm, I'm, I've got to remember. 
Are you there? <laughs> Here we go. I'm button challenged today, Doc. There All right. will be no separate peace between Israel and the Arab world. And apparently world. there's no I sound, so we'll keep talking. No, I got it. I got it. I've it. heard right. several prominent politicians. Let's take two on this, Doc. Saying, okay. Well, the, there will be no separate peace between Israel and the Arab world. I want to make that very clear to all of you. I've heard several prominent politicians in Israel sometimes saying, well, the Arab world's in a different place now. We just have to reach out to them and we can work some things with the Arab world and we'll deal with the Palestinians. No, 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 and no. Are you tell you that reaffirmed yeah. even in the last week as I have talked to leaders of the Arab community. There will be no advance and separate peace with <clears throat> the Arab world without the Palestinian process and Palestinian peace. Everybody needs to understand that. That is a hard reality. Well, folks, not so much, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, that's not... He was Secretary of State then. He was the Secretary of State under Obama. That was, what, three or four years ago, five years ago? Somewhere around there, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What is going on with these left-wing loonies? What are these people thinking? Uh, You know, I, I just... They they act like there's one way and it's their way. And I mean, and then they blame the right and say, well, all you wanted is your way. And that's not true. We're willing to sit down and talk and compromise, but we have to inject some reality into the situation. And the Israelis have now made uh, deals with uh, made peace pacts with what the UAE and uh, Qatar and Oman, I think. And, the, you know, we're probably not going to see uh, an open deal with the Sauds until the king dies because he's you know, another generation. But his son, the, uh, the the heir apparent, is all for it. And, you know, they're scared. They're worried about Iran and about the, the power that Iran has. And, and now we see the Russians and the Chinese uh, trying to uh, dismantle the uh, arms embargo agreement that we have through the United Nations because of Iran's breaking of their agreement not to develop a nuclear weapon and all that. And we know that that's just a bunch of baloney that are, they've been working on it anyway. Uh, unfortunately, we're probably going to have to go in with the Israelis and at some point and dismantle that program so they don't, don't have a nuclear weapon or they'll take back over the Middle East. And you know, Ken, they've been trying to do this for thousands of years. Uh, you know, the Persian Empire was huge at one point and that's what Alexander the Great actually conquered. You probably didn't know that. I did not know that, no. Yeah, the uh, Darius, Darius, and uh, Xerxes, they were the kings and, and uh, or the emperors, and they were god kings. They had their people believing that they were god and that they were invincible. And of course, everybody knows the story of the 300 Spartans who held them off at, uh, at Thermopylae's. Uh, And so it was uh, the Greeks who actually saved us from uh, this monolithic empire that the Persians had spread out through the Middle East and into uh, Eastern Europe. They were conquering parts of Eastern Europe and taking over, and they tried to take the Greeks over a a few times. And finally, the Greeks uh, went on the offense with Alexander the Great and he defeated the 
Persians and their army. And by the way, his army was about mm, 50,000 and the Persians had about 250,000. So he defeated an army almost five times his size uh, because of his brilliant tactics and the technology that the Greeks had developed. Uh, you know, the Bronze Age was there. And have you ever used bronze utensils, Ken? Have you? you know, I have not. No, no. We have a couple of sets of them. We got them uh, at, a, at, a, at a used store, at an antique store. They're from uh, Thailand, and they are pretty darn hard. I mean, they're not as hard as steel, but they're pretty, pretty tough. You know, you can use them to cut steak and uh, uh, do different tasks in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're actually pretty strong. So the, the, the Greeks had developed a bronze age weapons and armor, and uh, they had uh, a very well-trained cavalry, and they were able to, to defeat Darius and take over the Persian Empire. They marched all the way to the, the Hindus Valley. They, they were in India, in what is now parts of India and Pakistan. And uh, that, I think that's when they decided to turn back, that they had had enough. Uh, the soldiers were, were tired and they wanted to go home after years of being on the road fighting. And as we all know, Alexander died on the way back. Nobody knows for sure from what. But that's the story of the Persians. They've been trying to take over the Middle East uh, for eons, whether they're Muslims or uh, whatever, God kings. And we, we have a duty to stop that because the philosophy of that people is fairly monolithic and there's not much room for free thought and freedom of choice. And that, that's ultimately what we believe as... Westerners, that's been our philosophy uh, since before Jesus was born. You probably think that uh, free will is something that just came up with Christianity. Oh, no, the Greeks, the Egyptians, uh, this was something that was uh, widely uh, believed in, even in antiquity, even thousands of years ago. And it's been the philosophy of the West for eons. We have been against the idea that things are predetermined and that everything is God's will. And, uh, you know, like I tell people when, when they say that uh, God helps them making the decisions, I say, well, that's fine. But remember, when you go in that polling booth, God stays outside because that's your decision and you have to live with the consequences of that. And that's ultimately what we're about as a nation, that we have free will, we have choice, and we make decisions. And some of those decisions are enacted into law. And we have to live with those laws. And if we don't like it, we can change it later. That's part of the process of growing and learning. Does that sound too preachy? No, not at all. No, no. I, so, I love uh, I love the whole uh, the whole history lesson you just gave, though. That's why I like this show. I learn so much every week from you. I like it too, because <laughs> <laughs> the wife leaves me alone for an hour or two. <laughs> I can get away with talking a little bit. <laughs> so that's the story of of the Persians that goes back to antiquity. And and uh, you all who have read the Bible know the story of how the, the Jews were actually defeated by the Persians and, and taken uh, into Persia. And then they finally got their freedom. Uh, it took a while, but uh, the, the Persian god kings would allow at certain points in the history 
and depending on who the god king was, for people to practice their own religions. And then at other times they said, no, you couldn't. <clears throat> of course, the Jewish side of the family is a little arrogant, as you know. Uh, you probably see a little bit of that in me from time to time. No, so no, never. If you if you tell the God King that you're wrong and our God is greater than your God, in other words, greater than you, they tend not to like that. There, there's going to be a fight. Yeah, there's going to be a fight. You know, <laughs> and that's what I that's what I keep telling uh, the Jewish side of the family. By the way, don't get the Romans mad at you. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't do that because they will come in and step on you. And apparently, they did. So, at any rate. We're back to the Middle East, which has been a tinderbox for eons. And you say, why? Well, it's a crossroad. You know, it's a crossroad between Africa, Asia, and Europe. So you have three huge land masses that are uh, the crossroads for all kinds of people coming and going out of Africa into Asia, into Europe, um, up the Urals, and in, into the uh, Siberian part of the world. It's a, it's, it's a fascinating part of the world with a re, really rich and deep history. And I just love to learn and know more about it. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, but it's also a tinderbox. And the president's done a great job of getting the Israelis and some of the Arab countries to talk to each other. And of course, the Democrats want to downplay it and say, oh, come on, that was going to happen anyway. And we just heard John Kerry say, no, it's never going to happen. So who are you going to believe? Well, that was Jared who put that together, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was, yeah. And and I think that, uh, yeah, well, yeah, acting on behalf of our current administration. Well, of course, uh, yes. Yeah, you know, that. this is why we elected this guy. And my sister say, oh, you just all worship Trump. I don't worship Trump. But I sure worship the, the policies that he's bringing in. Boy, I tell you what, brother, they're more importante. They're going to make peace in the Middle East. Uh, ISIS is gone. That's no longer a threat. Uh, he's got the Taliban sitting down and talking with, uh, with the uh, elected government in Afghanistan. Um, he's backed down the, the Chinese. They're, they're running scared. The Iranians are on their heels. Uh, you know, I don't know much. What more you you want the guy to do? And he and he still is working his butt off. I mean, he he has two or three stops a day in the United States doing different things. How does this guy do it? He's older than me. <laughs> I know the, the energy is incredible, isn't it? <laughs> I, I just you know I, I have trouble know getting he, out of bed in the morning doing what I do. Yeah, I know. And you know what? He doesn't do drugs or drink or anything. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> But he does have a pretty wife, and I got a feeling she kind of rules the roost when he goes home, too. I, she she comes on real slow and deliberate, but I bet at home she is the boss. I'll bet you a dime to a dollar. I get that feeling a little bit, too. Yeah. Just a little bit. That if, if he needs somebody, if he, if he needs somebody to talk to him just as a one-on-one kind of, you're not the president with me, pal. Yeah, you I know? think so. I think she, and if he says... We should do this. And I think she says, you know what? I mean, remember, she wanted to stay in New York until uh, what's her, what's the young boy's name, their son? Yeah, um, escapes me, too, at the moment. Um, They've been really yeah. good about keeping him out of the spotlight. Remember, he had to finish school, and she said, no, I'm not moving to the White House until my son finishes his term here in New York City. And, 
you know, you got to admire for that. Her her son came before the White House. Yeah, uh, uh, that's that's a tough lady. So at any rate, we've got uh, we've even got Al Jazeera, one of the reporters, weighing in on this, who wrote an op-ed uh, a few years ago. And he was talking about one thing Obama got right is that they'll have to share the Middle East. And it looks like, uh, from what I can see, that I think that's what we're doing. Uh, the author's name is, let me see if I can find his name. He's a, sounds like a pretty bright guy. Uh, this is Al Jazeera. Haddad. Haddad sounds like a Lebanese or a Syrian name. So Fahar Haddad, he's probably a Lebanese guy. And so he grew up in the middle of all this, you know, Lebanon's sitting right there in the middle of all the chaos and Lebanon's calmed down some too, even with the, uh, even with the, the big explosion, things have calmed down. You remember that a few few months ago? Yeah. I'm still seeing the video online from that. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a lot of people around the world, uh, on all sides of the fence weighing in and saying, this is a good thing. And if the Israelis and the Arab world can learn to share, then the Persian world is not going to have the same chance to uh, come in and take over and, and ride roughshod and, and uh, spread all of this chaos and all of this uh, terrorism that they have spread over the decades. Uh, and of course, the best way to cut off terrorism is to cut off the funding to terrorism, which means don't let them get money. Don't give them any money. And their economy is hurting. And their the dinar, which is their, their dollar, has dropped in value tremendously. And so I think Ronald Reagan had it right when he said, we'll just outspend the Soviet Union. That'll be the end of them. And pretty much it was. So I think that if we can starve the Iranians financially, that eventually that regime will fall too. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take internal pressure. In Iran. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, that, I've talked with Iranians who are visiting over here with family, and they say, Doc, don't believe what you hear from, from our Ayatollahs. We like Americans, and we like the American lifestyle, and we don't have any reason to fight with you guys. But, you know, it's hard for them to argue at the point of a gun because you get all these young kids that have been indoctrinated into uh, the revolutionary ideals of the Ayatollahs, and then they become the, the military, and they're the ones with the guns. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, you know, it's hard. It's hard for people to argue at the point of at the when they have the barrel of a gun pointing at them. So, a lesson number seventeen from that is: don't give up your guns. That's. I was just. Gonna, I was just about to say that. That's right. That's right. Because if you do, guess what? The guy with the gun then has the upper hand. Exactly. The guy without the gun is at the bottom of the pile. Founding so fathers knew what they were doing with that one. They really did. They they did, and you know, all of them. I mean, all of them. Uh, the the Democratic Republicans, the Federalists, uh, the Pacifist, everybody. I mean, even even Ben Franklin, who was a pacifist, he was a Quaker. You know, the Quakers are pacifists. Uh, he he said, "Yeah, we got to have a right to defend ourselves." Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and um, fascinating, fascinating to see. It, it is utterly. Uh, if more countries stupendous. would have followed our lead, we wouldn't be in half the predicaments we're in. Oh, I agree with you. 100%. I mean, imagine if a billion Chinese, each one of them had a gun or two. How long would the regime go after them? You know what I mean? 
Oh, it wouldn't last. No, it not at all. Last. And, you know, I was talking with the our tour guide. Uh, we hired a guy for a few days to show uh, the wife and the son and I around Xi'an, which is the ancient capital. It's at the end of the Silk Road, uh, right on the edge of the Gobi Desert <clears throat> in north-central China. And that was the first capital of, of the Chinese uh, empire. It wasn't until the 1400s that they moved it to, to uh, uh, Beijing. You probably didn't know that. I didn't know that either, no. Yeah, that was, a, that was a renaissance move, so to speak. A lot of things happened around the world in that era. So at any rate, uh, he and I were talking, and we actually got along very well. He was an interesting guy, well-educated. And uh, we agreed on so many things. We agreed that Mao was a great military leader, but uh, was a terrible <laughs> administrator and governor. And uh, and he said, you know, a lot of people have in China have opinions that don't uh, fit in with the Communist Party's idea of how it should be. But, uh, you know, we we can't really say or do much about it, but it's evolving. Uh, the, the country has come a long way. Uh, you know, 30 years ago, if you were listening to Radio Free America, uh, you were considered uh, a bad person 60 years ago if you listened to it. You would have been executed, and uh, I, I know one uh, doctor who was who came to the United States after listening to Radio Free America, the Chinese version, 30 years ago, and he said uh, that things had become much more tolerant then than they were 60 years ago, and and that they're going to become even more so. But it's going to take pressure. It's going to take pressure. Things do change. Nothing is static. We have the opportunity to do that, and we don't want to give up. We want to make sure that the president gets reelected. We want to make sure that sleepy Joe Biden doesn't get in. And to that end, we have to uh, be open and honest and uh, uh, verbal. We have to discuss this with friends and neighbors. And, you know, as I pointed out to my friend Reg, who is uh, an anesthesiologist, and he's a little bit of a left-wing loony, but, you know, I can understand how he got that way. You know, he's saying, well, I, you know, I don't want my kids going to school and have somebody die from the COVID virus. And I said, what are you talking about, Reg? It's, it's less than 10 kids in Florida that have died from this. And we don't know the circumstances. We don't know if they had underlying diseases or not because of the HIPAA laws. And we can't discuss this. And so he said, well, what if it was your kid? And I said, I'm more worried about my kid getting hit by a car, riding his bike around Richmond, Virginia, or getting shot by some thug. Uh, you know, because I can't get the kid to to be safe. He, he's 24 and he thinks he's invincible. He won't wear a helmet. He doesn't have lights on his bike. Um, you know, I'm more afraid of that. I'm, and as you and I talked about before, Ken, there's more deaths from automobile accidents, but that doesn't mean you don't put your kid in an automobile than there are from, from COVID virus. But uh, you have to talk to people. You have to, and you have to not get upset. You have to stay calm and give them uh, the the opinion that uh, is uh, logical and sensible. Looks like we're getting to the end of the show, huh, bud? One minute. Well, do you have any closing thoughts for me here? I, I think we pretty much covered it today, didn't we? We covered a lot of material today, Doc. We really went through a lot in a hurry. So From Ruth ancient Bader, history all through uh, melanoma, all kinds of stuff, yeah. Yeah, Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah. and... Uh, Obama and John Kerry, holy moly, Jared Kushner. 
Great things, great things. We're going to do it. I think we're going to do it. We're going to carry Florida again for, for Trump. So I want everybody in Pinellas County to get out there and vote and vote Republican, whether you like Trump or not. Do your job. I'm Dr. Bill. Let's get some music and get the heck out of here, man. Thank you. See you guys later. See you, Joe. <laughs>